Hey everybody, welcome to We've Got the Beat, the podcast devoted to teen entertainment from the 80s and beyond. I'm your host, Michael, and Mindy's on the other side. I'm proud of you, so I was like, get right through that. <laughs> I, uh, I forced through that one. The first time, I don't know why I just dropped words. Usually, people who listen to the show know I fuck up. I wasn't going to do that again. I was going to, I mean, I did fuck up, but I'm not putting it in the episode. It's not funny anymore. Um, I wasn't doing it intentionally either, I swear. Uh, this episode will be discussing two movies set in the 70s, Dazed and Confused, and uh, Roll Bounce. I almost said another movie, but I forgot we already, we did Detroit Rock City. Um, is it weird that we're still having teen movies set in the 70s? Because I just, they just did The Tender Bar, and I think, uh, that one, that, uh, that Hot Summer Nights, or whatever it is, the one that Edward Burns just did, uh, is like set, like, I think it's real late 70s or early 80s. I think Licorice Pizza is also in the 70s. Why are we so obsessed with this decade that uh, for so long everybody Um, hated? I think it has more to do about the people making the film than anything else. I mean, I think that there is, uh, you know, there's nostalgia. People our age are are obsessed with the 80s, even though I think we all have super mixed feelings about the 80s, but they're... It's hotter than ever, so I think it's really about the people who are, you know, making movies now, and I don't know if, if they're, you know, they're clinging to the pot, like, the positive memories from their childhood, whatever, whatever there might actually be. Yeah, well, I think a lot of it, I'm not sure. a lot of it seems to be that they want to move away from the technology that controls our world now there's no cell phones there's no real video games there's no internet you know cable it was just a time when hey is there anything to do no let's just go hang out somewhere do you know that's seems to be the vibe but i as i said those directors i forgot a lot of them you know like uh uh, pt anderson is older than me so of course he'll be interested in the late 70s early 80s and ed burns older i just feel like it has more to do Oh, yeah, because licorice pizza, is, is that what you just said? And I didn't ever see if you said that. Yeah, I said licorice pizza. The movie I cannot get through, and apparently I have, <laughs> according to a guy on Twitter, because I got bored and I didn't make it 11 minutes in, I have terrible taste in movies, and I also have penis problems, from what he said. Oh, man, people on Twitter are dope. I'm so glad that I quit that. Um, you just have ADHD, dude. That's it. It doesn't have to do, you know, people are fucking assholes. If you don't like a movie, you don't like a movie. But I do, I haven't seen it yet because I am a little concerned it's going to be, like, slow. But, um, I, I have a feeling it's one of those movies that, you know, might just be more of a ambling two hours of a slice of life. And it may not have the excitement that holds everyone's attention. Yeah. Uh, to just you you didn't have the attention span for that movie at the time so somebody actually just like says horribly disparaging and non-related things about you it's why i fucking hate twitter and i frankly hate most social media because it just encourages people's horrific behavior which is why people are nostalgic for the 80s and the 70s yeah good way to wrap that around but i was also thinking like uh I think I feel like Days and Confused is kind of the beginning of the era where it was just kind of like a slice of life, people just rambling and talking. And of course, 
the early 90s was filled to the brim with people doing like more reflective self-analyzing uh, dialogue based movies instead of you know plot based and action based because uh, we had I think the first real one that I, I remember making a breakthrough was in 89 was Sex, Lies, and Videotape and then Slacker was two years later and then Richard Linklater gets the chance to work with a studio doing a, a piece that's kind of it's a little bit in the vein of his previous film, Slacker, but it doesn't move from one character to the other. It's just kind of a rambling, long conversation based around like the end of that school year. And it seemed like there was something in the air. While the movie wasn't very successful in theaters, uh, it didn't cost very much, but it wasn't very successful, uh, it blew up on video. And I think that kind of opened the door for stuff, you know, like from Kevin Smith and, and other directors that were more focused on lower budget character based stuff. What's the what Richard Linklater movie are you talking about? This. Richard Linklater directed Days of Confused. Oh this, this. Okay, I was just confused for a second because I wasn't sure if you were t- talking about another movie that he did, you know, before this or something. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my brain, uh, as we have established before we started recording, my brain is not at its charge at the moment so I apologize the uh and, and I think it was a little bit early for the 70s nostalgia there's always seems to be one or two movies that go out there to test the waters to see if it's going to be popular and they usually just get slaughtered you know who knew that workplace comedy movies were going to be successful but office space had to be the one to go you know throw yeah. themselves out there to be destroyed and then uh, find itself on video because if you look it took probably another five years for people to then be like completely in on 70s nostalgia because there's that 70s show, which I has to owe something to Days of Confused. I just feel it. And, you know, like the Charlie's Angel revival and all those like reboots and stuff like that and, and looking back because we had been so stuck with the 50s and 60s for so long, it, it had to fade out. People were tired of talking about Vietnam and stuff like that and wanted to move into, not post-Vietnam, because that was kind of depressing, like, up to, like, 74. But then it was, like, when Glam Rock and, you know, like, Kiss and stuff like that, and the beginning of, like, video games and people were having their hot rods for the first time, you know, that kind of energy. That's why I think people are still so obsessed with 70s rock. Of all that stuff, people are still obsessed with 70s rock, and there goes my dog barking over the middle, man. <laughs> so, you know... The love of 70s rock, which feels like it's absolutely pure, is, I think, one of the reasons why this movie still sticks around. But, of course, you know, teenagers going through that phase of graduating to something new, moving on, and having one last celebration kind of thing is always universal, no matter what decade it is. Oh, well, yeah, everybody can relate to that that feeling, even if it's, you know, regardless of what time period it is. Yeah, I, I feel like... Can't Hardly Wait is the spiritual successor to this. Even though they say it's everybody wants some, if you look at how the movies work, Can't Hardly Wait is just, you know, a modern day, at that time, version of Days Confused. Well, also, no one's seen that other movie you referenced. You haven't seen it? I really liked Everybody Wants Some, but it's more, uh, it's not really something we're going to cover on the show because it's more focused on, like, kind of the end of college. Sorry, I was drinking when I did that. You heard me. Um, <laughs> um, so I think the big thing about this is, like Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and it was cast by the same person, is it's one of those movies where you look back and go, oh my God, star, 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 star. Like the whole thing is loaded to the gills. And 
you know, some are still successful movie stars, but some kind of faded away. But it's kind of nice to see, like, this moment in time in their careers. Well, yeah, and a lot of the people, even if they're not, you know, still, you know, acting now, or they weren't necessarily even, like, quote-unquote famous, you, you know, they were popular faces for a period of time and you're like oh yeah I know that person from that movie and that movie and you know and it is really just loaded with um you know yeah star power yeah uh, you know cause like in the 80s we had the Rat Pack but they weren't as expansive as what this group is and you know it's just it's kind of interesting looking how some of the people would still work together in other movies and yes but I, I think it's so interesting is for the longest time, and I still have problems, I cannot tell Jason London from Jeremy London and which was in which. Because Mallrats has a lot of the same cast Why members. Why would you? How could you? I know, but you feel like, I feel like I should be able to, but I just don't. I can't tell the difference between the Ashmores. Like, it's the same thing. Are they twins? Are they just brothers that look alike? I thought one was older than the other. Yeah. So I, I, I don't think that they would be offended, so maybe you shouldn't like make yourself. Okay. <laughs> uh, other cast members in this: uh, Joey Lauren Adams, who, of course, most people probably know from the Kevin Smith movies, but then she seemed like she disappeared. I haven't seen her since. Uh, Mila Jovovich, who knew that she would become like one of the main female action stars for decades, decades. Yeah, it's really weird because. One of my first memories of her, and maybe this was the same, around the same time that I'm not 100% sure, was like a weird-ass music video on VH1. Yeah, that's what I knew most of her uh, stuff was like she was a musician for a while because if I remember correctly, she did this and I don't remember anything again until Fifth Element. Well, I was reading in some of the like facts or whatever that some things did not go so great. And uh, I think it was because of the filming of this movie, uh, she kind of decided to lean into the music for a while. Um, I don't remember what the reasoning was, but there was a lot of drama and stuff because I read that she like, like she was like 16 and she, after this movie, she like ran off and got married to one of the other actors in the movie. Yeah, I saw was, that. I, it's uh, Sean Andrews, who I completely I had no idea who he was, but I forgot he's the one with no. the really long hair, yeah. So I think that she had, you know, some, you know, questionable teen years. Yeah. I think, well, I think most people do, especially in that industry. Um,. Rory yeah, Cochran. Uh, what, what do you prefer? Do you prefer his role in this or Empire Records? Oh, I don't know. They're both really, like, delightful ding-dongs. Um, I mean, Empire Records is, is always going to like, is much higher in my list of favorites. Uh, and I really like some of his 
Uh, I, I don't know. For me, I think it's probably Empire Records, but I, I do also like, I mean, I like Camus too. Yeah, it, but like his career, his career completely changed, it seems like, after that. It seemed like he went for darker stuff, and I really thought that he was going to be one of those guys that was like the funny sidekick, and just like, you know, uh, like a Steve Zahn kind of actor. God, I love Steve Zahn so much. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Uh, Adam Goldberg, I think, is one of his very first roles. I had seen him in something right before this. We had just one smarmy line, I was like, oh, he's such a baby face! But like his neuroses is just uh, so amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Anthony Rapp, I think this is the first time any of us had seen him, I think, since Adventures of Babysitting. And Maybe. I, I, he, he's mostly a stage guy, right? Because I rarely ever see him do movies. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think that he probably was doing a lot of theater in between, and that's why we hadn't seen him. But, yeah, for some reason, I don't really... I don't dislike him, but I don't really like him so much in this movie. Yeah, he's one of those, you know, brainy know-it-alls. And him and Goldberg can get themselves into trouble because yeah. they're fucking mouths. <laughs> yes, which you might relate to. Yeah, lot. shut up. I've, I've had my... Sorry, dude. No, no, you're right. Um, sorry. Sorry, not sorry. I, um, it, it, for people who didn't know me uh, growing up, uh, I was like almost like a David Spade wannabe, and I got my ass handed to me more than once because of my fucking di- <laughs> my stupid mouth. So, yeah. <laughs> but you know what? I can also relate because I, although I think that I maybe have a little bit more self-control, like I definitely open my mouth a lot because I just can't. There's still times when I just can't shut up. I just can't. I can't. I can't. Um, I was just looking at, he actually did one, two, three, four movies between Adventures and Babysitting, and this, one of them being full size, but I don't remember him. Yeah, which I haven't announced yet, but after this, it'll be back to school. Apparently, kids are already back to school. What the fuck is this? It's the second week of August. What is happening? We didn't go until after. So, um, you know, I just think about this movie and, like, almost everybody, their careers kind of went somewhere, but then there's some that disappeared. Like, I really thought Sasha Jensen, I can't say the name, Sasha Jensen, after doing this in Buffy, which he was very funny and, and charismatic in, yeah. and I don't remember a fucking thing he did after this. No, okay. Um, yeah, and, like, you know, I'm going to be honest and say that one of the, like, the weaker parts of this movie, and sorry, Willie Wiggins is not a good actor. No. He, he all, he really his, his is, acting he really, is his hair. Yeah. Yes. And his, um, awkward mannerisms, I feel like, okay, this is probably a, a very loose comparison, but I feel like he and, um, um, Katie Holmes went to the same acting school. Oh, yeah, the shrug. Only oh, here acting. Uh, well, well, what's his name? Um, from Roswell did the same thing for a while. Uh, oh, Brendan Fair. He used to have the hair eyebrow thing. Oh. Yeah, but they, yeah, so it's just like, it's like you, you can tell he never had any, like he could not have had any professional training. He was super awkward. And you know, the awkwardness works for, for Mitch, but it you know, I'm surprised that he did, you know, basically any more movies. He did more than I thought he did. 
But uh, he's not acting. <laughs> no. The and and I think that's a big weakness that'll be in our second film, uh, Roll Bounce, is where one yeah. of the main characters just doesn't have it, but everybody around him does, which makes the movie enjoyable. But um, I and I think it was meant to be, but I think it's weird how some people don't notice how Matthew McConaughey's character is a fucking low rent sleaze. <laughs> I mean, how old is he by this uh, in the in the movie? Is he supposed to be like twenty three or twenty four or whatever? And he's still hanging around these teenagers and like you know the famous line of the older I get, the girls stay the same age. I'm like, ew. <laughs> the funny thing I was reading about the funny thing is is like he was actually younger than a bunch of the people who were playing high school students. Oh really? Huh. Yeah. Well, it's because he could grow yeah. facial hair, kids. <laughs> Well, Major League Two, she was Charlie Sheen's girlfriend in Major League Two, I think. Oh. Yeah, she just yeah she disappeared. But a big part of this movie, why it's so successful, is um, you know afterwards is the soundtrack. It was so successful. I think there was literally three albums released. But you look at all of those, like oh yeah, I know that you know the classic, 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 classic. It's just loaded to the gills. I mean, you got Kiss, Black Sabbath, Deep Purple, Leonard Skinner. Sweet, The Runaways, uh, ZZ Top. By the way, ZZ Top song, Tush. Why do they say it, Tush? I'm just looking for some Tush. I thought they were saying Touch for decades. Why would you pronounce the word Tush? Touch. Tush. Fucking strange. Yeah, it's a really nice slice of life. And, you know, it's just real casual. It's more about getting to hang out with the characters, basically. Yeah, plus, like, you know, lean a little bit into some rebellion. Not too serious. Don't get, like, straight up criminal level. But just a little rebellion is good for the soul. Yeah. And with Roll Bounce, our second film... This one is much more plot-driven. Yes, it's, it's kind of a slice of life, and there's not high stakes, but it's high stakes for him. You know, and, and for the group in general, because there, it's it's a it's kind of a throwback. There was a short period of time where there was like three or four roller skating movies, a Roller Town USA, and then there was a Boogie something, a Boogie Fever or whatever with Linda Blair. There was like two or three of them, and oh Xanadu, and there's Xanadu. That was technically part of the roller skating craze and the disco craze. And this tells it from a different perspective because all those movies were from a white perspective. And it shows, like, you know, these kids, they really don't have anything. They have their roller skating rink, and it's taken away from them and everything else. And they even talk about it. They, they comment on the fact that it's, it's just going to be taken away from them and that it's going to be turned into, you know, a, a, a eatery or, you know, something that won't benefit uh, them. They list all the things that it's going to become, and it's all, like, uh, a liquor store, uh, you know, a chicken Yeah, and and then the big turning point is the fact that they have to go across town to the bigger, the fancier roller skating rink, uh, Sweetwater, and you know then it's, it becomes a fish out of water kind of element. You know, look, it, it, you know, class warfare. But the interesting thing that they don't do, 
not class warfare, but what it is, it's not really about money and it's not about color because the other team is a mixture of all, and all the people competing and, and, and we're, uh, going there are all colors. And it doesn't, it doesn't really talk about the money, but there's, it's clearly something about the side of town that you're from. And yeah, there's still classism and stuff, yeah. I guess, yeah, I don't know, but for some reason classism always seems like it's something else to me, but you're right. Um, but we have that, but we also have the deeper story that's going on with the loss of his mother and his father trying to right. deal with it, and the, and the fact that he lost his job and he keeps lying about it so that they don't feel, I mean, they, it's already hard enough for children, but if they feel like they might be end up homeless, you know, that's even harder for them to succeed. So I get why he's mad, but I also get why the dad did that. Yeah. He was acting like such a fucking dick. And I'm just like, wait for him to apologize to his dad. He never does. And his dad was way, way more understanding than any person would ever be. Yeah, the pressure on him because he lost his wife. And then he lost his job and he doesn't feel like a man anymore. He's just like, just going through the motion. Yeah. The thing is that he's too qualified for even like... Just let him work, okay? Yeah, fine. I, I mean, I've literally—I'm not even that educated, but I've—I've I've applied for jobs that I guess were beneath my level of intelligence, education, experience, or something like that. I don't know what you want to say. I'm not trying to be smug or arrogant. No, no, I get it. But I've been turned down for jobs because they're convinced that I'll quit after a little bit. I'm like, you don't know me. I phone it in at jobs that I'm overqualified for for a very long time. <laughs> You're like, Yeah, also, I have to eat. I have to pay bills. Please. Right. That's the thing that's really frustrating. It's just like, you don't you don't know people's motivation for why they're doing shit. Assume that they're applying for this job because they need a job, dummy. Yeah. And and people, and I'm not going to say where I work, but people question why I work there. And I'm just like, I have my reasons. What do you care? I'm here. I'm making money. <laughs> I'm doing a yeah. job that no one else wants to do. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah, um well I think that's part of people who, who who think they know you think they know what's best for you. Doesn't matter how old you are. Right, right. Who, yeah. they are, who they are to you. I've had many Everybody, conversations about other places I could work, but I'm like, Dad, I'm an adult, I can make that choice, okay? <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. And I think that like I've even done the same thing to you, I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, I think the weakest part of this movie is Bow Wow. The dramatic stuff he does, uh, shockingly, he sells very well. It's the comedic stuff that he's too big on. He He's like overcompensating, like the way that Dwayne Johnson did really early on, like in, um, what's the Jungle movie? Uh, what, what Jungle movie? He's made like 80 Jungle the movies. Rundown? The Rundown, yes. When you can see that he's kind of like, he's trying not to be stiff, but he's, he's going, he's overcompensating. That's what Bow Wow was doing in this. Yeah, I don't know, because it, 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 it could be, it, you could have it go over into almost parody level, which is usually big, yeah. farce, 
But because of the dramatic stuff, that's what makes the tone off. That's why I don't think that his performance is uh, correct. But, I mean, he's just a kid. He was never a trained actor. I mean, he had just done, like, what? What was the movie he broke out with, Like Mike? It was just a few years earlier. He'd only done, like, three movies at that time. Yeah. But I will say he is surrounded by ringers. Everybody in it. I think the kids are great. Um, fucking Nick Cannon's terrible, though. Good lord, that's not... I don't I know what the fuck it is. He is, like, the worst actor of all time. How and is I his name? I, I shouldn't even use the word actor. Like, yeah. he isn't really an actor. How did he make so many movies? My god. Well, we bad. loved, and apparently a lot of other people love, is that drumming movie, Drumline. Um, he I was... Mean, that was, that he, was just a goddamn fluke, dude. Yeah, that was a fluke, he clearly, because so everything wrong. after that is just, nope. Um... But the fact that they put his name on the posters now, they put his name on the yeah. DVD in his face, he's only in, what, five minutes? Yeah, and then you barely can't even understand the way he talks. Yeah. His whole, like, approach is just like, what was your motivation here? This is bizarre. And, and all the kids are good, but I will say this. Brandon T. Jackson and Rick Gonzalez almost fucking steal this movie. Yeah, Kaleo? I think Kaleo? Yeah. But he's always a joy. Um, I feel like he should have made more movies. Yeah. Um, I think it's super interesting to see, like, oh, Journey Smollett. Like, she's really growing up now, but I, I didn't realize until recently that, oh, that she was a kid actor and that she did all this stuff, and now she's like, you know, she's been in Hollywood for a long time, but now she's getting huge, you know, bigger because of, like... Birds of Prey, yeah. Yeah, Birds of Prey, and I think she is doing her own movie now, right? For that character. Well, knowing how Warner Brothers has been going, who the fuck knows? Exactly. I will admit, and maybe I should be embarrassed about this, but I don't really care. Seriously, the scenes with Mike X and Charlie Murphy were like, I was laughing so hard every scene that they were in. And I was like, they just had an improv all that didn't they? I am almost certain they did. I almost feel like there's another movie with those two guys just horsing around. They were so funny. Everything, I like, I, I love Charlie Murphy, and I like, and Mike X too. I just thought, like, it was such a weird, almost... So oh they're so cool, quotation marks, that they're uncool, <laughs> which amuses yeah. me to know why, but everybody's falling all over sweetness, and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, but no, I'll give them credit during their, I, the, 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 the character stuff's great, and they don't skimp on it, but it's, good lord, the roller skating sequences are absolutely dynamic, and 
every one of them is somewhat different. Theirs is more like, you know, huge moves, you know, but they're not so coordinated and they kind of, they're not a team. They're surrounding sweetness. They're letting him shine and letting him, you know, be the spotlight or whatever. Whereas uh, the showdown later with, you know, when uh, the Garden Boys, why did they call them the Garden Boys, by the way? Did I miss this? I think that the original skating rink that they went to that got shut down was called the gardens oh okay i missed that part but in theirs theirs is so beautiful because it's such a unit they're all sharing their the spotlight they're all working together and they're a true team unlike the other one and yeah they're not doing the big flips and huge moves or whatever but the coordination the timing and in the fact, and of course, the people there watching and voting didn't know that they had to change the song at the last minute. But we do as as a viewer of the movie, and that was astounding. But um, I gotta tell you, Hollywood City—that's one of my favorite. <laughs> I love the soundtrack too. It's just kind of a shame that this movie nobody talks about, but it has it has the same kind of vibe, and, and it has an amazing soundtrack. Every great funk song during that period, and. I have never heard anybody talk about this movie. I don't think I have either, but yeah, I'm, I'm seriously, if it, if, if, you know, it's, it leads into a different, different genre, uh, a style of the 70s music, that's for sure, but if they're all like solid songs. Um, you know, the one, one of the, my one, I don't know, I have some issues with this movie. I think my biggest issue is, like, I mean, I know that, like, friend groups, you know, punk each other, give each other shit. That's just sort of, like, one of the things about, you know, the vibe of most, you know, friend groups, especially male friend groups. Yeah. But You're busting balls. You're busting balls here. so mean. Yeah, well, I feel like they let Brandon T. Jackson just go. I feel like he improv a lot of that. And there's a couple of those that cut real fucking deep. And I was like, oh, damn. Yeah, Yeah, and like, was his character, uh, Chloe Chloe Thomas, mixed Mike? His name was actually Mixed Mike? Yeah. That's fucked up. I mean, I just, I feel like some of that's kind of cool. But one, it was the 70s. It's not 2022. Things are different now, you know. And I mean, even different when they made the movie, you know. Yeah. Everybody's more sensitive now, but um. Not in this town. The kids that are that age that come to where I am, they they do this ball busting shit with each other all day long. The ball busting is a little beyond normal too cruel I think it was kind of cruel yeah uh, oh no it's cruel I hated it when I was in high school because you remember I had two different kinds of friends I had my real friends the ones that were in band but because they were in band we never had the same lunches you know their breaks and everything it was all different aligned so they were my friends I hang out with outside of school and they're still my friends to this day whereas the other guys that I knew they were more of the sports guys they were always busting my balls I mean literally one time they were talking about baseball and they asked me if I watched the game, and I said, no, we went to go see, and this is the weekend we went to go see Major League Two at the theater, and it's still baseball-related, it's still sports-related, and one of goes, could you just shut the fuck up about movies for once, or I'm going to throw you in the trash? And I was like, okay. Ew. Yeah, and that, that's, I never speak to any of them. The minute I graduated, I never spoke to them 
any of them except one and then he, all he did was tell stories about high school and I was like come on dude it's been years yeah those aren't real friends I mean it's like prison yeah. friends you need somebody so you're not alone get beat up you know <laughs> you have to make alliances yeah um, but I really appreciate how well they captured the roller skating because I've seen the other ones just out of curiosity I'd seen them a few years ago and they're really stilted but this one really flows with it. I mean how could you not film roller skating and also just be on the ground you know moving with them you feel like you're in it and it's so dynamic it's amazing filmmaking without being shaky and nauseating yeah that's really you know it's actually harder to do than you think to like capture that in a smooth way and I would love to know like I assume that they must have had like stunt people and all that stuff to really pull this off but that's a lot of stunt work to I mean did any of these people do any of their own stuff they don't really talk about that yeah I mean I see uh, I see in the credits there are stunt people and there are some moments where I can tell camera angles and lighting where especially during the final show off between sweetness and x um there's some stunt people in there but for the most part especially with uh the garden boys doing their choreograph that is almost all them it's only the stuff that looks like it was dangerous but also on the other side uh on sweetness's team they look like they had some ringers like like real stunt guys like they could pull it yeah. off and they weren't actors yeah, I just, like, it really is very artistic, and, you know, the comparison to the kid with, like, who was the, um, like... Oh, the ballet dancer, kind of? Yeah. Like, it's really, it does, it does seem pretty similar, you know, the, the gracefulness and, you know, the, the difficulty. I mean, you know how hard it is to move on roller skates, let alone do something fucking graceful? <laughs> I've done rollerblades and that's it. Did you know skate, uh, roller skates? Not, I, I, I honestly expected it's going to be 90s nostalgia city, you know, around here. And, you know, in the world or whatever. People are going to get nostalgic for stuff from then. And I expected rollerblades to come back. But they haven't. Roller skates have come back. I just saw a family yesterday roller skating. Hey, I'm gonna, I just bought some new roller skates. I'm sending you a picture right now. Like, literally, I bought these, like, two, two weeks ago. I've had them for two weeks. Cool. When I get some uh, insurance, I'm going to go get some rollerblades. Because I'm, I'm better on rollerblades than skates. And, and Ron, he still rollerblades too. So we're gonna see some two forty-year-old guys uh, <laughs> wounded in a <laughs> on a stretcher. That, yeah, that's the thing. Though, is like I somehow, despite my age, never ever. I don't think ever have been on rollerblades. I don't know how. All of my experience has been on skates. I mean, you know, I I tell people that you know in our like middle school and stuff that going to the roller skating rink and, and, and like, the bowling alley was just part of our gym curriculum, and they all were like, what? I know, and, and people were like, confounded by we this. Every single year for, like, six to eight weeks, we went to the roller rink twice a week. Yeah. So, and for some reason, I never, ever got into rollerblades, so I just decided I just got a new pair of roller skates, and my friend gave me all these pads, and I made it all the way around my neighborhood without falling down, so it's a, it's a start, but... Yeah, that's good. I, um... When I, I hated roller skating for the longest time because I didn't, well, okay, first off, you remember the birthday party I had where I invited 30 people yes. and no one showed. I was also there. It was, a, it was a joint birthday party. So I also invited 30 people. You did? I didn't remember that. Yes. Did your friends yes. show up? 
it was bet- it was between our birthdays because we're so close together, you know. Yeah. But seven weeks apart, so it was a joint birthday party. I'm pretty sure it was a joint birthday party. We both invited thirty people. I don't think anybody came for me either, or maybe a couple, but I don't think so. Wow. I think it was really, really depressing. Okay, so there's that. But I didn't roller skate. I don't know why I didn't bother to roller skate. I just played the arcade games while you went out roller skating, I believe. And then yeah, years know. later when we were forced to do it, I think in middle school is when it started, but then we did it in high school as yeah. well. But in high school, I still wasn't skating very well. I was you know, the kind of kid that would stay close to the wall in case I had to hold on or whatever. Yeah. Um, because I had very weak ankles. But also I was the kid, the bigger ones would go around and smash into the wall and I ended up hating yeah. roller skating. And I, I wouldn't go anywhere near. So I don't have fond memories, but uh, <laughs> Robert wanted to buy the roller skating rink. <laughs> but someone else bought it and it was too expensive. What, he really wanted to buy the roller skating rink in our hometown. And I was like, dude, if you do, I'm going to come in there by myself. <laughs> with, with the lights on, please. The, the flickering light thing really throws me off. It always has since I was a child. I had vision problems. Um, yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, so that's why I like roller skating out or rollerblading outside because it's natural light and it's all the same light. Tell basically. him that if the opportunity ever comes up again, that I'll be a, a silent investor. Yeah, and and I I told him I'll run the arcade. <laughs> nice. <laughs> if I could, I would add a batting cage outside, but it's it's Indiana, so the winters would destroy it probably. Well, there'll just be a limited availability park. That's true. That parking lot's pretty. We're going way off on the movie, people. Sorry, everybody. Um, Of the two, what's your preference? What? What is your preference of the two? Which would you most certainly go back to revisit the earliest? Is this, a, this is your first time watch, right? No, I've seen it before. Oh, okay. Maybe not for a really, 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 really long time. Yeah, I had seen it a few years ago, and I was like, this is pretty good. I was kind of surprised because it didn't seem like it would be in my wheelhouse, and then realized it absolutely is in my wheelhouse. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that is it, everybody. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter on social media, uh, whatever's. Uh, as Hit Rewind and Podcast Host. Share, like, comment, and suggest any movies that we haven't already covered. And that is it. Have a good night.